I do like being right. <laughs> Ask my ex-husband. Happens every time. <laughs> <laughs> the date is April 25th, 2023. This is the Boris Dirk podcast. It looks like we're going to have a rematch of the bubble finals. They should probably play it in the bubble just for fun. We are seconds out from Memphis. Lakers, game four, the Lakers are up 3-1 going back into Memphis. What's going through your brain? I felt like I went through a complete, like multiple revolutions around the sun yeah. with yeah. with uh, both with how long the game felt and how much it seemed like happened in the last uh, quarter and overtime, but also just how I was thinking of LeBron, like almost towards the end of the first, fourth quarter, yeah. I was like, man, it seems like he can't really score when he like at will anymore, yeah. like he used to be, which is, you know, he's in year 20. That's understandable. But then it was interstellar. It was like the evolution <laughs> of, of man of my childhood is my childhood over. Is it Roger Federer's decline? Like I, I was having all of these crazy thoughts and the bottom line is, sorry, LeBron Hive, like, obviously he's a different player and he's not, this isn't peak LeBron, but he can still channel greatness in key moments. He, I think with the depth that they have post-trade deadline now, he can be the best guy on a team with a chance. But yeah, I mean, with that game, we have to start with LeBron um, putting up, I think he had 22 or 24 points, 20 rebounds. And I thought most impressively, he had a very good defensive game. Um, his offense has been there mostly for the, this series and the Lakers kind of closing push to the season in the play-in. But I remember, especially in that play-in game and some of the games this series, he really was just not exerting that much effort on defense and was trying to conserve it all for offense. This game was totally different, though. From the beginning of the game, he, he was going for blocks he had a really ridiculous sort of high pointing. I think one of Tillman's floaters around the basket. He had a chase down block and transition on Bain. He took multiple charges on Jaw and Bain in the second half of the game. A huge one on Jaw down the down the stretch of I can't remember if it was fourth quarter or overtime. Yeah. But I think he. This is where you know that twenty years of experience really shows. He smelled sort of blood in the water and he knew how big this game was like the, the I, this is why I love game four is the the stakes and the difference between three one and two two is just so massive and the ability I think for this team to try to go close this series out in a few days um and try to get some rest before the Warriors King series is over is huge not that the Grizzlies are out of it yet because I'm sure all the games will be competitive but just uh add it to the real I thought it was a yeah. real like vintage LeBron performance, but of his kind of old man game. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far because it's LeBron and it's around one, but I think it's important what he said after the game to Chris Haynes. Like I told the guys just like play, do your thing. I'll be the X's and O's guy. And like, because he's at the peak of his X's and O's brilliance, his body just doesn't quite respond like it once did. Uh, he's still so good. This Lakers team has a lot of different looks. And I was, you know, I was shit talking D'Lo the whole game because I, I really don't like his game. And he was just a defensive liability. And, and this is a Lakers team that it, their path to a championship is 
defense first, I think. But 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 then he hit a couple big threes. I, I give Darvin Ham a little bit of credit for keeping him in, keeping him in, so he had the confidence to make those shots. But when D'Lo is being a little bit too D'Lo, you can bring in Schroeder for ball pressure. Uh, when you want shooting, you can bring in Beasley, which I still think Beasley should be playing more. And when there are mismatches to exploit, Rui, when Rui is hitting shots, is is a valuable role player. So. Uh, I'm impressed by the different looks that the Lakers offer at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, Vanderbilt usually starts and plays a lot for them. I thought that they were wise to go away from him down the stretch of this game, just because uh, in this series against Memphis, where they have this amount of of rim protection, um, the Lakers need all the space they can get on their offense, which can get a little bit gummed up when, when Vanderbilt's in there. Uh, and Dennis was doing a pretty good job on jaw at the point of attack and having sort of uh, AD back there who was incredible on defense in this game, though, once again, really struggled on offense, though, got it going a little bit in the fourth quarter. Sorry, in overtime, um, they they were able to sort of, you know, still be really good on defense without Vanderbilt in there and then have some more options on offense. That I wonder if we'll see that three guard look a little bit more from them with Russell, Schroeder, and and Reeves, because I thought it, I mean, it worked really well for them in overtime. I think that lineup played the entire over. Actually, sorry, Russell fouled out, so no, they didn't play the entire overtime. But I thought that that was an interesting look for them, and I might see them go to that a little bit more. If healthy, who do you want as your closing center for the next two playoffs? AD or Jaron Jackson? Like this year and next year or next yeah. year and the year after? <laughs> this year and next year. AD. If healthy was dumb. But <laughs> yeah. You pull that out <laughs> and Jaron has the chance. Uh yeah. Yeah. I I think that the Grizzlies. But, but, yeah. Okay. I was gonna by get by the that. way, by the way, they're having very similar series, I'd say. Like really not making a huge impact on offense, but just at times completely shutting the water off for the other team uh, at the defensive end. Yeah. I was going to say the Grizzlies don't have ideal spacing around jaw. I wonder if they'll just have to accept some of Kennard's defensive deficiencies because his shot is wet. I mean, I think he was two for four. He barely, he didn't play much tonight, but they don't, you know, Bain is really the only great shooter the only good shooter they have um jaron can make threes but tillman has been so solid for them defensively and and such a like a strong intangibles guy that like he they need to keep him on the floor most of the time with all their injuries and things just get a little scrunched for jaw and and so i wonder if canard will will get more minutes next game because the grizzlies just need to try a different look brooks is not a consistent shooter and it seems like jenkins is just going to ride his toughness I'm surprised Tyus hasn't played more. I like when Dennis is on the floor, I I feel like Tyus could match up with him pretty well. And and Dennis played 30 minutes tonight. Dennis Schroeder, Dennis the Menace, plus 24 tonight. He was he was awesome. And his his, yeah. his box score numbers won't quite reflect that. Uh he just looks really confident. He has a swagger in the playoffs that his regular season stats wouldn't lead you to expect. Absolutely. Yeah, both he and um, Rui also with a good plus minus off the bench, though. I thought his I mean, his offensive contributions were more just kind of opening the floor up a little bit. He didn't really do much from a scoring perspective, but yeah, but uh, but he got to the line six times. Yeah, Dennis did. Yeah, I was talking about Rui. Oh, my bad. That much. But 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I expect from, from the Memphis side, um, jaw took a bunch of very hard falls on his hands that it looked like were really painful. So I'll be curious to see what he looks like for the next game. Um, but the standout from, from their side was Bain, who was doing everything he could to keep them in the game throughout, especially down the stretch, but also at the end of the second quarter, when the Lakers had a big lead, he went on a little run to trim it down to two at halftime. And then at the end of the fourth, when D'Lo was hitting those threes, Bain was coming back with shots of his own and kind of yeah. keeping the keeping the Grizzlies either slightly ahead or or in the game. And he was doing it at, at all three levels, um, especially in the mid range. But uh, you know, he was hitting threes, getting to the basket. Probably the next step for him to really sort of elevate into that All Star tier is to become a better finisher around the basket, which with some of his physical limitations with his short arms and sort of general, generally not being that tall is a little tough. Um, but yeah, I thought his shot making was impressive tonight. I think the Lakers are getting out coached similarly to how the Cavs are getting out coached by the Knicks. I think Darvin, mm. I think Darvin Ham is a legit handicap. I, I don't know why Reeves, who's like a decent defender, like he's, he's very playable and, and, and smart. he, should not be guarding Bain. He's just, I I, I think Van, they need to put more Vanderbilt on Bain. Um, Bain was tremendous tonight. And I don't think Vanderbilt is best served as, you know, the guy to chase jaw around. I think Schroeder's done a decent job of that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the Lakers have some matchup stuff to figure out. I Even though D'Lo hit those threes at the end, I'm still going to be stubborn and say that he did more damage than good in this game. Uh, but the Lakers just have a lot more, uh, you know, competent basketball players than the Grizzlies without Brendan Clark and Steven Adams. And that was kind of what I was getting at earlier too, is like without the spacing, um, without the elite spacers around jaw, the, the Grizzlies have been, have been a team that dominates you in the trenches and they, they can't quite, um, play out that identity that they that has been a winning formula for them without those two bigs that give them so much toughness yeah and especially going against a front line as imposing as the lakers have with davis and lebron and then yeah you know at least the length of vanderbilt and Rui to to also sort of gum things up in there um and yeah. the lakers don't even really have a backup center but just sort of that cumulative length has a big impact on the grizzlies ability to to do anything inside really um, yeah, another shout out to Xavier Tillman. I thought he would, he played great D on yeah. LeBron for large stretches of the game too. And the Lakers were doing all they could to try to get him switched off of LeBron. Um, I think I sort of had a, you know, end of childhood moment when I saw LeBron coming down in a fast break and he went to that patented spin move, which he really started to perfect in the, in the 2010s and Tillman just kind of blocked him before he could even get off the ground and I was like oh LeBron doesn't can't get to that at will anymore like that's just not an automatic basket like it used to be but Tillman I thought did a great job on him um is filling in admirably I think for for Steven Adams and and Brandon Clark I don't know if he has a contract decision coming up soon or not but I know that a lot of teams would would pay him starter money I think to to be a big for them and yeah. Also, shout out to Austin Reeves because he actually led the Lakers in scoring today, and despite dealing with some foul trouble, um, made 
a bunch of timely shots and plays for them and just consistently 42 minutes despite despite brief foul trouble <laughs> exactly this he he always finds sort of different ways to contribute to the game there isn't like he's not a specialist at all he's he's yeah. a basketball generalist where if you need him to knock down open threes he can do that if you need him to kind of run the offense for a little bit get into pick yeah. and roll while lebron's off the court or d'angelo doesn't have it he can do that and make pretty good decisions not throw stupid passes and turnovers he can hold his own on defense and he also gets a he's very adept at drawing fouls uh, or gets a good whistle at it although he hadn't been getting that for the first few games but tonight he got some more of those fouls he'd been drawing towards the end of the regular season so yeah uh, how do you see the series going do you think the lakers are going to yeah. close it out in memphis yeah i think that the grizzlies are just physically overwhelmed and jaron has been a monster at the rim defensively but they, he just can't play 48 minutes and they don't have they it, it this reminds me of the warriors grizzlies series last year when bain was injured and then back but not quite himself uh, it's just like too much to ask of jaw and and jaw's been phenomenal and like so fun to watch i i don't know how he's gonna last it like i don't know how his prime is gonna last the way he plays but it is really a beautiful thing to observe and it's you know it's been interesting just to see like these rotations solidify uh lonnie walker no longer plays mo bamba apparently is no longer an nba player i really thought that he would play some minutes as a laker uh tristan yeah i think tristan came to his... lead. <laughs> yeah i keep forgetting tristan thompson's on the team until the camera pans to the bench chris haynes had a great sideline report today about uh it basically seems like tristan thompson might be a mole for tnt inside the lakers locker room but yeah. uh yeah, I think with Bamba, he just got hurt down the stretch of the season. They didn't really have a chance to integrate him and see how he can fit with their team. Um, and I don't, I don't think they really want to experiment with that in the playoffs with a guy who's really never played in a meaningful NBA game beyond December. Um, yeah. No but, what, but, the magic. But, but Troy Brown Jr., I'd love to ask Darvin Ham, like, why is he getting 20-plus minutes? During the game, you texted me that he's the type of player – where it's a good sign when you forget he's in the game, as opposed to like the uber talented, like, you know, the Andrew Wiggins trope before the Warriors, where it's like you forget he's in the game and it's a bad thing. With Troy Brown, it's a plus. Uh, yeah. If he's yeah. not, you know, missing open three after open three, you're, and but he's out there, you're, you're feeling okay. It must be just that, like you said, they don't have a backup big and any size, like Darwin is just looking for a size anywhere he can find it. Uh, because, yeah. yeah, my, as, as an uneducated, uh, you know, like outsider, I'm just, I'm just feel, I feel like Beasley deserves all of his minutes, but uh, the size thing, I guess, is, is what they're going for. Um, anything else on this series that is likely to end in the next one or two games? Um, all out. I mean, we'll probably do some more second round preview type stuff. Yeah. Uh, once we have a better sense of who those teams are going to be, but Whoever comes out of that Sacramento Golden State series is going to both the Lakers coming out of this series and whoever comes out of that series is going to really have to adjust the way they've been sort of used to playing basketball. Um, I think yeah. it'll probably be a bigger adjustment for whoever comes out of that Sacramento Golden State series because just there's a level of physicality and sort of slower pace and grind that they're going to have to adjust to coming from the 
sort of sprint relays that they've been in in their series. Um, And then the Lakers are likewise going to have to adjust to whatever pace that is. But I agree. I think that this was the game for Memphis to, to steal him. LeBron adding to his sort of playoff buzzer beater resume um, had just a nutso finish off the top corner of the glass to to send it to overtime. And um, I think that, that shot will probably be the one that defines this series, I would guess. Three closing thoughts. One tough series for Dylan Brooks, whom the Grizzlies tried to trade for OG Ananobi. Uh, two, I don't know what the hell happened to Zaire Williams because according, yeah. according to the box score, he's a coach's decision. And I feel like it was just last year that he was an exciting young role player for that team. And not not necessarily a Grizzlies core guy, but like, just like a, a new a new guy on a rookie contract who can offer some things and looks like his frame will fill out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell happened there, um, but coach's trust seems to be out the window. Um, last thing, Pat, Carl Anthony Towns in 2024 is making $50 million. In 2027, he's making 62. I would give that money to Xavier Tillman. <laughs> and that's not a Skip Bayless take. That is m- from my soul. Actually, I think Skip speaks from the heart. So it maybe it is a Skip take. But I, I would give the, all of that money to Xavier Tillman before Cat. Culture matters. Speaking of culture, there's another series that played tonight, and it was Heat Bucks. And let's let's face it, it's a cheap three one because they're two and one against Giannis, and I I don't know how healthy Giannis is, but no excuses. Everyone's banged up. Jimmy's older. And yeah, Jimmy is the 16 game player. And I don't know what else to say. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed about it. I, I don't want Giannis to be out of the playoffs. Me neither. Um it was I don't think it's a stretch to say it was the best performance of Jimmy's career, which has had a number of really impressive and and high playoff performances and high leverage moments including the finals 30 point triple double in the finals um light work he he came out of the gates just on fire hit his first eight shots and what was crazy about it was by the end of the first quarter he looked completely gassed yeah like yeah at the free throw line hands on his knees like sweat pouring um what was he like nine for (laughs) ten yeah and i thought like okay he's having the quarter he's having like the best quarter he could possibly have the bucks are still winning um and it seems like he's expending a ton of energy like is he going to have anything left as this game goes on it seems like the bucks can just wear him down uh and the bucks did kind of grab control of the game and we're up 12 more than halfway through the fourth quarter yeah and then and then jimmy came in and had over 20 and at the end of the fourth is there anything sexier? Is there anything sexier than like the elite first and fourth quarters? Like the two that the two that we that we remember the most. I think yeah. Yeah, also he I, I think like the Bucks has established this lead where it just felt it, it was that better team has built the hump and 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 the lesser team isn't going to get over it. It really like it was nine, and then it was thirteen, and it just felt like the Bucks had settled in. Um, Giannis and Brooke had a great two man game going, and just things there was no there was no like Giannis forcing it like the like at the end of the game when suddenly he looked, yeah he looked like it looked like when I was a Giannis hater a few years ago. 
uh, because I thought he's he he just has limited ways to put the ball in the basket. Uh, yeah, but it I don't know, man. Jimmy Jimmy just finds another gear. Uh, his his heart he just there's there's his holes a little bit deeper, and that's the most that's the weirdest thing I've ever said on this podcast. But he can <laughs> he can dig a little bit deeper than the other fellas in the foxhole. And yeah, man, I I don't know it. It, it was Kyle Lowry Finals MVP. It was unbelievable because it seems like the Bucks have so many pronounced advantages in this series. Like it felt like for the first three and a half quarters and for the life of me, I don't understand why they went away from this at the end of the game, but whenever they were in doubt, they would just throw it up to Brooke Lopez who would yeah. be able to just sort of drop it in the basket because <laughs> as he we gets saw, taller every year. I swear every time I see him on TV, I'm like, this guy yeah. is enormous. Like he feels like, the biggest player in the league. I know he's not, but he has that just the way he uses his size. Mm -hmm. Um, And Miami is a tiny team. Like we saw it in the play in game where they were completely overpowered by Clint Capella. Uh, Like they couldn't grab a rebound and the Hawks felt like they had about 20 extra possessions compared to the heat. And as a result, the heat got totally blown out in that game. A result that the Bucks, I'm sure, are very angry about because they would have much preferred to to face Atlanta in this first round series, I'm sure. But yeah, for some reason they went away from that brook advantage down the stretch. There was a at the beginning of the fourth quarter, maybe end of the third, there was a long period where it felt like every time down the court, the like Giannis would either take it to the basket or throw some really nice zip pass into Lopez for a dunk or a little drop shot. Mm-hmm. Um and a couple touch also, passes from Giannis as well. There are yeah, some, I thought it, a lot of a lot of finesse in in his two man game at, with Brooke. Yeah, his his passing has really improved a ton since that 2019 series against the Raptors. Um, but yeah, I mean, like yeah, Giannis looked like he was laboring and hurt, but at the same time, he had 26 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists, and. I could say he looked like he was laboring and he was hurt, but he was also, you know, finishing around the basket well, dunking pretty ferociously, blocking dunks, blocking shots. After he would do it, he would kind of rub his back, but it didn't seem to be, like, hindering him in the moment necessarily. Well, probably, honestly, at the end of the game, Kyle Lowry kind of ran into him in a a meaningless moment with a couple seconds left. We'll see if that flared up his injury or not. Hopefully not. Genius. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Accidentally ran into him. (laughs) Um, but it was just every time it, it flipped because it felt like every time the Heat made a little run, the Bucks responded with a three or a Brook dunk or a, a Giannis and one, um, very conspicuously. Few of those responses featured Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, who had just horrible offensive games. Um, and honestly, Drew didn't even have a very good defensive game because he got flambéed by Jimmy Butler, even though he did his best. Um, but every playoffs, I'm reminded that Drew is not on that top level as an offensive creator. And he his decision-making can be a little bit spotty and his, his shot selection can be spotty. But at the end of the game, it, it was the absolute, the, the Bucks just kind of didn't have answers anymore. And Jimmy just, he would get into the paint, pump fake, draw foul. And then once he got that going, it was step backs, it was pull-up threes. It was, it was absolutely everything that he had going tonight. And it was one of the more impressive playoff performances you'll ever see. I'm still pretty flabbergasted by it. Yeah, it's also been interesting to see the Heat. Duncan Robinson is back in the rotation. The $19 million man. He's played 24 plus minutes in the last three games. He played like five minutes in game one. It's been like 24, 26, and 30 tonight. 
I it's it's interesting. It's like the 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 Heat conceding. All right, like we need to we need to give the math gods just a little bit of love. Like we're we're gonna have to shoot a few more threes. And Duncan made three tonight. Uh, but I was I was I've been surprised to see him out there. Um, but I'm glad the Heat are throwing defensive caution to the wind. Yeah, the Duncan resurgence. It's only right that it's against the Bucks, who was the team in the bubble where he basically earned his big contract from. Was yeah was that series especially, and then that whole playoff run. But yeah, it's only right that after being sort of mothballed for most of the season, he comes back in against the Bucks when all their guys are injured. I mean, really, I mean, shout out to Eric Spolstra. He's, he's every time I think like maybe someone else is the best coach in the league. He just like, they have a real skeleton crew out there. It's Jimmy Butler and Bam. And then it's a very aging Kyle Lowry. Caleb Martin, who's an is an absolute competitor and hit some big shots down the stretch of this game, but he's yeah. a two and they have him playing four. They've got, you know, Duncan Robinson, who was out of the rotation for most of the year. Haywood Highsmith played a big portion of this game. And he was someone who, when he was checking in in the regular season, first I was like, who is that? And second, I thought, okay, this is just sort of a regular season yeah. kind of time eater. But uh, these are heat things. Seven- these are these are key things. Getting nine boards from from Martin, from Cody Martin, and getting you know Caleb. a plus plus eighteen from Kyle Lowry when he's when his career has looked like it's in the gutter for a couple months. I mean, it's the, these are Heat playoff things, and uh, getting eight assists from Gabe Vincent, who's you know up and down for them and didn't shoot great tonight, but like was helping them spray the ball around. It was it was sort of a Nixian performance for the Heat. Their bench was really carried them and. Uh, and cut that lead down tonight. Um, Cody Martin was a plus 16. And if you look at the Bucks starting lineup, I mean, like at, whenever they were in, uh, the, the the Bucks kind of had were in control of tempo and were were were, pl- were were getting into their best actions. And then at the end of the game, the Heat had the better player. And I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. Um it was a. Uh... It was a pretty flabbergasting result. And these last games, however many more there are in this series, I think, um, you know, will tell a lot. I think if the Bucks can't pull, I think the Bucks have a good chance of pulling off a 3-1 comeback. And that's not just because I picked them to win the championship. Um, you know, have, when you have two of those games at home, it makes it, you know, more palatable. And I think they are clearly the better team. Um, and they have some real pronounced advantages with size and I think depth, although the Bucks' depth is very confusing because some games you watch it, like in game two, and you think, wow, they have this depth of wings and guards and shooting and, you know, all these different ways they can attack you. And then you watch them tonight and it's like, OK, actually, can any of them do anything? Um, but. You're not getting 36 again from Brooke. N- n- you might because this Heat team is so small. Um like all you really have, I mean, he had a few sort of crazy jumpers, but all you really have to do is throw it up to him, especially if they're putting uh, Adebayo on, on, on Lopez, because if they're putting Adebayo on him, because, or sorry, if they're putting Adebayo on Giannis and you've got, you know, Kevin Love dealing with Brick Lopez, uh, Love's just sort of, ironically, they're in the same draft class, but Love's not sort of at the physical stage where he can deal with Brick Lopez's size at this point anymore. Um, but no, that was definitely a wasted Brick Lopez performance. Um, and look, I think I would, I'm the Bucks are going to be, I think, heavily favored in Game Five, and 
in Milwaukee, I think that crowd will probably feel their role players to to uh, can feel, feel them to a big shooting night. And I honestly expect them to win game five fairly comfortably. But uh, that brings a game six back to Miami, which would be an absolute bloodbath. And just, you know, having to win three straight games when you have yeah Jimmy, Hemi, Himbo, Butler on the other side. Himbo for sure. Putting up. Put it, capable of putting up, you know, a 40-point triple-double or 50 or, or however much you want. Um, that's a scary proposition. And if the Bucks go out in the first round, I think it raises a lot of questions for them of, you know, are is Middleton still a good enough, like, second? Like, do you just chalk it up to injury? Or because they do have a contract decision coming up with Middleton. Yeah. Um, whether they want to bring him back or look to kind of get a little bit younger around Giannis. My my gut instinct is yes. You say it was injury or it was a bad spin of the wheel, and mm-hmm. I, I would stay positive as a Bucks fan, even if this ends in this year ends in disaster for them. Yeah, I'd be scared picking KD's Warriors to beat any team by three straight games. It's it's the NBA, mm-hmm. and and teams are shooting forty threes, and anything can happen. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're playing the Charlotte Hornets winning three straight games against anyone winning in their place when fans are showing up. Yeah. Um, One of my big picture takeaways, particularly from these two games tonight, but then also thinking about the um, Clippers, sorry, the the Warriors King series is, is this first round kind of like, I mean, the regular season already wasn't very important, but if like, you know, the Lakers, beat the Grizzlies in this two seven series pretty comfortably. If the heat beat the bucks here, the bucks spend all year sort of clawing to get that eight seed, sorry, to get that one seed and they're rewarded with the heat in the first round. And if they go out to them, you know, you got the warriors who are playing the Kings and I think, or would probably be favored to win that series, especially with Fox getting injured. Um, is this kind of the death knell for like the importance of the regular season? If all these lower seeds are going to be winning these playoff series. Because I don't think that's a great thing for the NBA if it is. No. The playoffs don't start until two great healthy teams play. (laughs) Uh, Moment of appreciation for Victor Oladipo. At his Mm. peak on the Pacers was really like one of the more electric two-way guards of the last several years. That was sad. And we'll be back soon.